So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been taking a deep dive into who He is. I've heard a, a lot of discussion over the last uh, couple of weeks about who He is and, and what He does. And, um, you know, I guess the question becomes, as we learn who He is, what does it look like to live a life filled with the Spirit? What, is, what are some practical applications of that? How does it look? We've talked about who He is how He can guide us in the truth, how He can comfort us, how He can uh, just guide us in life, how He sanctifies us. But really what happens when the rubber meets the road? When we are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, what does our life look like? If we want to look at a Spirit-sourced person, uh, and we, we know this and we've talked about this, we can look at Jesus. Jesus is, uh, man, he's, he's, he's so hard to understand sometimes because we know that Jesus is God the Son, right? He is God. But it also says in the Scripture that he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And the way we teach that is when he became human, he put his deity aside so he could show us what it was like to live as a person. Um, but not just a person in the flesh, a person filled with or sourced by the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, we can look at Jesus, and, and some of us have done that, but we also look at, it, at him and say, man, he was too perfect. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he, he was perfect. Two of us can be perfect maybe we think he was too perfect what about people like me who have been broken and can't even dream of what a spirit sourced life looks like so i thought you know maybe we can look at some of his disciples because his disciples were broken people like us they they were um people who were normal uh business people and um you know they had homes and they they had jobs and and they had wives they had families so if, if we want to say okay i don't think we should use this as an excuse but we do jesus was too perfect i, I can never be like jesus people have told me that so fine let's look at some disciples what do you think it looks like then to be a a person a broken person a um, imperfect person sourced by the Holy Spirit let's look at who, who that might be and after the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit was unleashed on this earth available to anybody who would call on him so that's I want to read the scripture today out of Acts chapter 3 Acts chapter 3 we're going to start with verse 12 um and it'll be on the screen. It's also on the, on the app. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. 
We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. So what's going on here? Just to give you some context, if you were to read a little bit earlier in the verses, and you probably have heard this story, there was a man who had been crippled from birth somewhere around uh, over 40 years. He'd, he had been uh, crippled, and he stood at the, or didn't stand, but he stayed at the temple gates. He would beg there. People would walk by, and he would ask for money, and they, you know, he would get money. That's, that's just how he survived. This man was healed and enabled to walk. You, you probably remember the story um, where they grabbed him by the hand. They said, um, what I, silver or gold I don't have. What I have, I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Grabbed his hand, pulled him up, and, and he began to walk. And it's a great story because he, it says he was, um, I don't remember, but he was the exact words you can read it it's just a few verses he was excited he he went into the temple and he was dancing around he was jumping he was happy about what had just happened to him and so the people were about their daily routines and and they knew this guy they knew him he had been the guy who had been sitting by the gate for years they had seen him they had passed by him probably many of them would give him a little bit of something as they walked into the temple and years they had seen this guy sitting there by the temple gates and then all of a sudden he's dancing around and he's excited and he's happy and he'd been healed and all the people were looking at each other saying what in the world is going on here they would never forget what happened that day because this was obviously a miracle you know and it's in moments like these that people stop and pay attention M moments of significance in history or in our lives times of of war or sports moments or maybe it's a a romance moment and a tremendous opportunity arrives it's, it's like the blinders of everyday life are lifted off and for just a moment, people are open to what you might have to say to them. I don't know, has anybody ever experienced that? It's a significant event, and then people are ready to pay attention. They're amazed. Their hearts and minds are so shocked that they want to hear, they want to find out what in the world's going on. How did this happen? So when the opportunity comes... How did the disciples handle it? That's really the meat of what I want to get to today. Do, do, what did they do when that moment came, when time stopped, when a significant event happened? How did the spirit-sourced individuals handle it? How do we handle it? Do we embrace the opportunity? Do we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us when we have the opportunity to present Jesus? 
That's really what I want to look at is how did Peter and John respond through the Spirit when they were presented with this opportunity? When Peter healed the lame man, Luke records it this way. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Luke, the author of Acts, I mean. Imagine with me what, what people must have thought, how they must have stared at them, how they were probably whispering to each other. Did you see that? I don't know. Did you see? Were you out there? Did you see what happened? What did he do? What did he say? How did he touch him? The questions that must have come from that miracle. It was one of those moments where everybody stopped what they were doing and they all paid attention. And, and so here they are and here Peter has this tremendous opportunity and he begins to speak to them and he has them eating out of his hands. They're just, they're just listening. So what did Peter say here? Did he say, oh, it's nothing. All in a day's work for a Christian. <laughs> oh, it's good. No, this is fine. You go about your business. It's good. No problem. Nothing to see here. When you believe like me, things just happen. That's not what he said. Here's what he said. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. It's a bold claim. You probably scared him a little bit. God raised him from the dead. How do we know? Because we witnessed it. We saw. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. So, so let's break that down, what Peter did there. First of all, Peter brought the focus to Jesus. He took it all and he brought that focus to Jesus. Who is the power source. Peter gave a very clear testimony who the power source was behind the miracle, and that was Jesus. He didn't just say, um, oh, Jesus, you know, he was a nice guy. When asked who Jesus is, a lot of times, you know, well, he was, you know, he is love. He, he teaches me how to love. He, and those things are true, but, and he was a nice guy, I'm sure, but that's not what Peter said. He went way beyond that. With, the, with great detail, Peter went into who Jesus was and that he was raised from the dead and glorified by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, he was speaking to a Jewish crowd, the, the Israelites, and, and he knew that he was calling on their God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus was the holy and righteous one. And Jesus was the author of life. Peter was saying, you want to know who this is? It was Jesus. Your God approved of Jesus through his resurrection. Jesus lived a perfect life and actually created life as we know it. He is the author of life. He is the everything. He is, he is now alive and in glory in heaven. You can't even hope to contain this guy. That's who did it. That's who healed this man. It wasn't me. 
Instead of pointing people to himself, Peter pointed them to Christ. Instead of saying, oh yeah, look how good a Christian I am. Did you see what I was able to do? Oh, this was awesome because I was able to take, you know, the power of the Spirit and Jesus Christ and he didn't do that at all. He said, hey, it wasn't me. It was Jesus. Pointed it to Jesus. You know, opportunities like this don't come very often that, that people look to you and they're willing to, to hear what you have to say. I mean, you've probably experienced it and maybe you've went in kind of cold sometime and tried to speak the truth to somebody and they just didn't want to hear it but opportunities like this do come that's why the bible says we've got to be ready in season and out we've got to be ready to give an answer when when somebody asks us we have to be ready with the words to say ready to know how to say it you know and it, it comes at different times maybe while you're tucking your child into bed and if you've had children even small children and they look up at you as they do. Anybody do the, the tucking? Mine are getting to the place where we don't quite tuck them in anymore, but they, they ask you a question about God in that moment, and they're so vulnerable and ready. Be ready to give them an answer. Tucking our kids into bed, I, I remember Caden, he's, he's eight now. He's kind of outgrowing it, but for the longest time, he only wanted mom to tuck him in. It only could be mom, and I was, you know, it was kind of hurt feelings. I don't know, like what, you don't want, am I not good enough for you? I don't, what's going on? And sometimes I would tell Teresa, you stay here, I'm going to go tuck him in. Um, it might be because I would go in and I would make it a game and I would tuck him like a burrito. He couldn't move, you know. <laughs> and I would say, is this what mom does? Does mom do it like this, huh? Do you <laughs> Picking on him. But honestly, also in some of those times, it was soft and, and gentle and he would have a very honest question and it's in that moment you've got to seize it maybe it's with the patient if you work you know at the hospital and and somebody who's become very appreciative of your help and they they ask hey do you believe in life after death man be ready to answer maybe it's a co-worker who's going through a death in the family through a struggle and and they know that you're a religious person right and, and they ask you how come you're always so nice oh be ready with the answer know what you're going to say and 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 peter he was ready he turned it back to jesus first thing he said was hey it's it's jesus it's not me once in a while in life when people's blinders are lifted they're going to look at you for the answer especially if they know that you're a professing christian they're going to look at you and ask you for the answer you guys remember the story of Esther. She was a, a Jew who was chosen by Xerxes to be queen. Some of you might remember that story. And she was put in a really awkward position because uh, her husband, who was the king, was twisted by a man named Haman to, to uh, exterminate the Jews, just to get rid of them, to kill them all. She was terrified of talking to her husband, the king, without permission because if she walked in and he wasn't going to receive her and then she had to be put to death it was, it was the law of the Medes and Persians it, but her uncle Mordecai he told her this and this is great advice if you remain silent at this time relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place but you and your father's family will perish he says this and who knows 
but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. A divine appointment. Who knows? But that you were at Walmart for such a time as this. If you enjoy Walmart, but most people don't really enjoy Walmart. But you know what I mean? Like you're there and you happen to cross paths with somebody and just at the right time and the, the, everything just happens to fall into place and the question gets asked and the opportunity's there. And what do you do with that? I, I would venture to guess that everybody here has experienced an opportunity like that at some point. Use your opportunities to share Christ. That's what Peter did. He used his opportunity to share Christ. Notice how Peter presented Christ. If you really examine what he's saying, it would have been a terrifying thing for the Jews to hear. In fact, he presented them with this awful scenario. Horrible. I, I can't even imagine. He, he didn't just tell them about Jesus. He told them about what they did to Jesus. He told them about what they how they tortured and killed. Every verse starts with the very accusatory, you did. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, even though Pilate was going to let him go. You discovered, I mean, disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that he be murdered. You killed the author of life and God raised him from the dead. Do you see how, why I even call this Jesus Christ uncontainable? Jesus Christ cannot be contained. You see what they were trying to do to him here? Like, to Jesus, and Paul states it very clearly, like, you did this. You, you killed the author of life. You disowned the holy and righteous one. You handed him over to be killed. You did it. They didn't just kill another man. They killed the author of life, who is now alive and powerfully has healed this man. Like they presented them with a serious problem. Think about the terror of this message. The Jews must have thought, I didn't just try to kill, but I actually, we actually killed God in the flesh who has now been glorified by God the Father and who is still powerfully ruling this universe. Oh man, like find a rock and crawl under it. They must have thought, what am I going to do? Where am I going to run? I'm in a world of hurt here. It's a very courageous way that Peter made them see the truth. See, and that's the thing for us. Be prepared to give an answer. He created the problem. People are going to ask a question. We have to, maybe we don't, do you believe in life after that? Well, yeah. Let me tell you how to have it. I don't know. Maybe we need to start with the problem that sin has created. That's where Peter went. He said, listen, this, this is a big problem for you. I want to learn from Peter. I don't, do I have that kind of courage? I wish that I could simply talk to people, I, that I could apply this way to, to talk to them. It, you know, it's easy for me to talk about sin and about grace, but it's terrifying for me to apply this personally. When somebody asks me a question, I've got two or three in my life right now that I don't know how they're going to respond if the opportunity comes up. And then I say, man, like we're talking about sin here and the sin in your life and, and that has caused these problems. I mean, I feel like they're either going to punch me or walk away. Right? I mean, it's, it's true that it takes some real courage. 
but also we don't want to be condemning of them you know like people need to know that Jesus is love that he does love them so it's easy to say to people we're all sinners but it's terrifying to actually say to somebody did you know that by the way you're living you're disowning Christ the author of life when you live this way that you are rejecting Jesus that when you lie you're killing him Listen, we all have friends and neighbors, maybe even children who know they're sinners, but do they ever stop and think to themselves, I'm disowning Christ by what I'm doing? But see, you can't just leave it there. Peter, Peter, his purpose in doing this wasn't just to leave him there. He laid it out in this plea. He said, hey, here's the problem. It's, it's sin has created this terrible issue. You killed Jesus. God the Son, you killed him. But praise be to God, he says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Jesus loves you this much. All of this sin, all of this problem, all of this thing that you've created, Jesus loves you so much that if you will simply repent, remember repent, to, to turn from your former thought, to turn from your sin, if you will repent, give your life to him then he will come to you God will send the Messiah who has been appointed to you <laughs> Peter was able to show them how badly they needed Jesus he presented them with a problem and then helped them to solve it there's a song there I think <laughs> nobody got that man that's a joke <clears throat> Yeah. All right. He needed them to see that they needed Christ, right? They've got to know that they need him. And, and I'm not a fan of people who of presenting Jesus in such a way that we know that they need Jesus, that's true, but they need him for more than heaven when they die. I I never want to present to people the reason you need Jesus is so when you die you can go to heaven that's true and that's awesome and I can't wait but the reason you need Jesus starts today he will invite you into his kingdom even now a place where the poor and the marginalized are welcome in where people love each other where we get along together and bonus you get to go to heaven right that's that's, that's how I want to present Jesus to people because he, it's not either or, it's both and. He presented them with a problem and then he, he showed them that they needed Christ. You can't ignore him. You have to have God and his mercy. God, have mercy on me. The neat thing that Peter said was, this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold to all the prophets saying that his Christ would suffer saying that Jesus was going to suffer so he also told them listen you did this when you were in sin you didn't really know any better in fact this is how the, the prophecies were answered because we know that the Messiah had to suffer and at our brunch and Bibles this last week we talked about this if they had known who Jesus was 
really, really, really knew who Jesus was, there's no way they would have let him die. Several times they tried to take him and make him king by force. They were, when they began to suspect as the, as the crowd. And so Jesus had to walk a fine line here. Like he needed to show that he was the Messiah, but not create an army that was going to go to battle for him and not, he had to suffer. That was part of it. Even though they had done a terrible thing by disowning and crucifying Jesus, God used their treachery to save the world and them. So we know that what Jesus, Peter did like spirit source person broken remember it was not long before this that Peter disowned Jesus three times and cursed about it broken dishonest liar now filled with the spirit and doing this so that's that's where it comes in for us Holy Spirit fill me like that and the way he did it was he created a problem for them here's the problem but here's how we can fix it. You've got this problem, but we can solve it if you will repent. So what type of results did Peter get? Man, God's grace is awesome, isn't it? When we come before God in repentance, he throws his arms around us. He covers us with his righteousness. He shows us grace, meaning he loves us, even though we don't deserve it, even though it was for our sin that he died. We could put ourselves in the same boat. We, didn't, we weren't part of the crowd that was saying crucify him. We weren't part of the crowd that, that put him up on a cross. We, we, weren't, we didn't do that. But he had to die for our sins. That's what our friends and neighbors need to know, that even though there's this problem, God's grace will cover you. We've got to learn to change, and we've got to teach others who want to know about Jesus. You just can't keep living like there is no author of life. You can't continue to live however you please and think there's no consequence. You can't treat people that way or talk to them that way. You can't keep killing Jesus with your words. Please don't continue revolving your life around you. I mean, it, it, there is a way to change. We, we don't really deal with sin very well in our society because we live in this cancel culture where anything that, that I say, if somebody doesn't like it, they cancel me out of their lives. They cut me out. They, they unfriend me on Facebook. They ghost me when I call them. They, but that's the culture we live in. So everybody's afraid to talk about sin and, and how th there's sin. There's, there's, uh, sin is offensive. So how is it that we can tell people about sin in their lives? I, but it's got to be talked about. God's grace does so much more than make us feel good. You know what I mean? Like our sin is forgiven. So the offensive nature in us, that sin that causes us to be offensive, that, that causes us to treat people that way, that causes us to talk, that causes us to cancel people, that God's grace covers it and fixes it and draws us to him reevaluate your plan for life and understand that life with Jesus through the Holy Spirit is one full of grace and hope not death and despair I think 
That's what I want to be careful with. That people know it's full of grace and hope, not death and despair. And I wonder if they think that, I mean, that's, believe me, there is sin, there is hell, okay? God doesn't want us to go there. So how do we, how do we present that in such a way that people don't feel like it's all about death and despair? Turn or burn, baby. That's, that's not what Jesus taught. He said, let me introduce you into this kingdom. If you believe in me, then you can be a part of this kingdom where we love and, and where it's full of grace and a kingdom that's full of hope. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and he cannot be contained. So this is, this is the message that um, we've got to be ready to give. We've got to be ready to, to talk to people about that there is hope, that there is grace, that God wants them. I wonder if we just get too scared because we're afraid of what people might say. I mean, I, I know, I know that's what it is because it happens to me. Don't I mean, this isn't me saying, okay, listen, do how I do because that's not it. That's like, God, how can you help us do? How can we be better? When people are looking for answers, they need to know that there is still hope and there is still forgiveness and there is still a, a need for salvation through Jesus Christ. We need to understand also, though, that it's not always safe to follow God. You might get canceled. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the truth of it. If you keep reading this story, Peter was persecuted for what he said. Some folks came to Peter, they got mad, and they put him and John in jail. You know why they were so upset? Not only because nobody wants to be the one who killed the author of life, right? That was bad enough. On top of that, 5,000 people got saved. There's a revival happening, and they said, let's shut this thing down. We're going to put you in jail and stop it. All I did was ignite it. People shouldn't walk away and say to themselves, huh, that was a nice story about Jesus. I like that. That gives me some good stuff to talk about. Because I want you to know that God's message cuts to the heart. That's why 5,000 people were saved. That's why 5,000 people came to believe in, in this instance in Jesus Christ. Because his message cuts to the heart. His grace draws us to him. Causes us to want to be a part of this kingdom that we're talking about. Huh, so what's the point? We're going to wrap it up. We're, it's funny that we're talking about uh, in the middle of this Holy Spirit, I just got to tell you, man, God's just putting this stuff on my heart. In the, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And, and that's good. And we, we want to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to keep talking about Him. But more than who He is, like we're sitting around and we're talking about that, and that's all good. More than who He is, what is it that He does for us? What does a Spirit-filled life look like? If we're sourced by the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about, that guides us and counsels us and comforts us and lives in us and sanctifies us, if He's with us, what does that life look like? This is one of the ways. When, when we have been 
filled with the Holy Spirit, somebody's going to come to us and they're going to say, I'm having a hard time. I'm just having a struggle. What is this Jesus thing that you are talking about? Be ready. Present the problem. Well, the problem is this. It's sin in the world, man. And, and we get caught up in that sin. But there's, thanks be to God, there's a way out of that through Jesus Christ. He can draw you to him, and then you can begin to live a life like I do. Listen, it's still a work. It's a daily work. But it's so much better living with him. And that's it. That's what it, that's what it looks like. We, we want to get to the place where he can fill us, and we act like we're filled with the Spirit. Not where we walk around and try to be secret Christians, but where we're bold Christians. So I, I guess that's, that's the, the thing for me this week. And, and maybe you can make that your prayer. Holy Spirit, how can you make yourself known in a practical way in my life? I'd even go, I'd, I'd maybe run through some scenarios in your head. Huh, what am I going to say if this person, because you probably have an idea of somebody now who might approach you. Begin to work that out. What am I going to say? How am I going to respond? How can I teach this? Because it's on every single one of us to do. Would you stand with me? Holy Spirit, we are just this morning asking you to fill us with yourself. We've been asking that. Continue to do that work, but Help us to, to see and to know what a practical application of the Spirit-filled life looks like. When somebody comes to us and has a question, they're, they're open at just the right time. It, you know, we don't even have to, it doesn't have to be a miracle like what happened here. While that was incredible and, and we hope that you do work that way in us. Would you show us when the opportunity comes what we can say, what we can do, how we can respond. We love you and, and just ask that you guide us in every single thing. Holy Spirit, all the practical ways that we can follow you. We love you this morning. And now as we prepare to go our own ways, would you just be with us, be with each person that's here? Talk to us through the week and bring us back again safely, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.